That was awesome. Amen. Amen, man. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. High five two people. Tell them, go Jesus. Amen. Yeah. I'm super excited. I've been excited about uh, um, preaching uh, on this topic for, for really quite some time. Um, we're starting a new series called Kingdom Come, and I'm super pumped to talk about the kingdom of God uh, on earth. Amen, church? Amen. You have to get rowdier than that, okay? Uh, I feel like it's one of those days that I'm going to get pumped, and I'm going to get that vein coming out of my forehead, and I'm going to lose my breath and go lightheaded, so y'all help me out today. Amen. There we go. That's better. All right. Um, we are. We're talking king, that kingdom coming. And the word says that we're to occupy until he comes. Amen. Uh, until he comes again for us. Until he, he comes riding that right white horse. Amen. Somebody. Um, we're to occupy. That word occupy, it doesn't mean to like, like chill out on your like Anybody on your day off, like you like to do absolutely nothing. Like, that's what I like to do. My wife's like, hey, let's take the kids to Southern City uh, in Christmas season when there's 40 million people. Anybody know what I'm saying? And I'm like, but it's my day off. And she's like, I know that's why I want to go. And I'm like, okay, let's go. That's what I wanted. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Uh, that's, that is the way it is, you know. But the, the truth is that word occupy, it doesn't mean to sit at home and, and do nothing. It means that, that we've got to take ground, that we have to advance uh, the kingdom of God. Matter of fact, that was Adam and Eve's commission. Uh, in, in, in the Garden of Eden, we see their, commi their commission, and, and God walks down and starts talking to them after he creates them, and he says, listen, be fruitful and multiply, and we all know what that means. Um, be fruitful and multiply, and then he says, subdue the earth. Because, see, the Garden of Eden was a replication of what heaven was. It was perfect in every way. They were going to live forever. It was without sin, without weeds. Come on, a garden without weeds? Yeah. Glory to God. Good soil. We don't even know about that in Cedar County. They didn't have to rock no garden. Amen? Amen? Everything was good for eating, it said, right? So it's like there's this, except for the two. And so there's this great garden. He says, listen, subdue the earth, meaning everywhere throughout the entire, not just this garden, but throughout the entire earth, take this everywhere. Take this experience everywhere. Make, create this environment everywhere you go. And then, of course, sin happened, and you guys know the story of that. But that word subdue, again, is a military term to advance, to advance what God is doing in that area. We go to Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to talk uh, for just a little bit of time, and then we'll jump around. Uh, it's the Lord's Prayer, which is something we all know. But he starts off saying in this setting of Scripture, he says, Now listen, don't pray in vain repetition. So he's not saying pray this exact prayer every time you pray. He's saying this is a skeleton of a prayer, like a skeleton that you can add meat to in your prayer life that can change your prayer life. He said, pray this way, our Father. I love that he starts off with our Father. Because, see, we have to understand that God is a perfect Father. And, like, when I was growing up, when I disobeyed my dad, he had some rules in the house. Matter of fact, I uh, just this week, like, my kids have one chore, and that's the dishes. Because my wife doesn't want to do them, and I work a lot, so they have the dishes. And uh, I got up early yesterday, and I woke them up. And I, Well, I woke them up real early, 7.30. Where they, don't, they don't get up early. Anyhow, I woke them up at 7.30, and I said, hey, uh, you didn't do what you were supposed to do, right? You didn't obey the, the rule, okay? So you broke the rule. I'm trying to command, like bring this into the commandments and to the law of God. Um, and I said, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the dishes. And they're like, do we have to? I said, no, you don't. But if you don't, you're grounded a day for every dish that's not done. Which then they, she could, they could have done something like probably February 2022. Uh, <laughs> 
It's not because I don't love them. I do love them. That's why. So that's why I'm giving them responsibility around the house. Amen. And so he's saying our father is in heaven. See, some of us have a skewed perspective of our father. We feel like if we sin or if we miss, sin means to miss the mark. If we miss the mark, then God is in heaven with a lightning bolt ready to strike us. And God's like, no, I'm a good daddy. I love you. I love you despite your sin. That's why I sent my, my other son, Jesus. Come on, somebody. I sent my one and only son because I love you so much that I'm going to cover sin even if you never choose me. Come on, somebody. That's crazy. That's the kind of, that's a perfect replication of what a dad should be. Amen. Endless love. He says, you are my father in heaven. No matter what I do, you love me. Amen. And he says, and you're in heaven. It's important for us to know that's a real place. Amen. That's his home. Amen. He says, hallowed be your name. Literally, it's talking about worship in our prayer life. You're holy. You're holy. You're holy. Amen. He said, listen, in my prayer life, I'm going to have an attitude of worship. I'm going to talk about who you are. I'm going to talk about where you are, and I'm going to have an attitude of worship. Holy is your name. Next verse. Your what? Kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is done or being done in heaven. Now, this is so cool. I'm going to pause here, and he'll go on to talk about give us this day and forgiving us and helping us to forgive others. And those things which we need to pray through, we need to pray for forgiving others and for provision, but all those are a result of verse 10. He says, let your kingdom come. Now, the word kingdom, broken down, and I share this, is literally king's dominion. So think of like a, an old time, like, like ancient, uh, or, or maybe the, I don't know, 1400s or whatever, like King George or, or, or William Wallace. Come on, somebody. And he, freedom. <laughs> like think of those things and, and how like the king, when he was in a territory, everything that was in that territory, he had authority in. And if an enemy or an adversary tried to sneak into the territory and go against the king or the kingdom's principles, what would happen? They could face cash, capital punishment or they would be, you guessed it, banished or something to that effect. Amen? Like, like that's the reality of what was going on. So when he says, let your kingdom come, your will be done. He's saying, let the king's dominion of heaven be made manifest on earth. So that as I live my life and depression tries to sneak into your territory. Come on, somebody. And, and frustration tries to sneak in because the, the king has dominion. We get to, to, tell, to tell depression it's banished. We get to tell hurt or, or anxiety that it's banished and it doesn't get to stay with us. It don't get to take up residence no more. Come on, somebody. When these things come in and they come at us because there's a new king that has dominion, we can tell it can't stay. That's what's going on. That's, that's what the kingdom is. He says, let your perfect will that is being done in heaven, let it be made manifest in my situation. Let heaven's reality take precedence in your situation. Allow the king's dominion to reign in your life. Let what's happening in heaven happen here. Now, I know none of us ever have that struggle where we um, allow outside situations to frustrate us. I didn't think so. Only me and Paul. That's weird. Like, to dictate what we're going to do and how we're going to handle the next thing we do. 
right? Like none of us do that, right? I wish I could tell you a story right now. I don't have time, but, but it's a funny one. But anyhow, just laugh, okay? Anyhow, like, like sometimes we allow all this stuff to step into our life and it takes all of our focus and we get so agitated or so concerned and we start having anxiety and fear and all these things. And Jesus is saying, stop it. Let the kingdom, let the king have dominion in your life. Here's the reality. Jesus taught kingdom more than he taught sin. Jesus taught kingdom more than he taught healing or hope or prayer or salvation. Jesus taught kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven. In Matthew, it talks about the kingdom of heaven. The other gospel talks about kingdom of God. They're not two separate things. Matthew, wouldn't the, to a Jewish audience, they didn't use the word God, right? It was no, wasn't a name that they uttered, right? So he's saying kingdom of heaven, but it's talking about the very same thing, right? So Jesus taught the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven more than any other topic. Why? Because if he talked uh, healing, that's what you got. If he talked provision, that's what you got. If he talked prayer, that's what you got. But when he talks kingdom, you get everything pertaining to life. When, when, when he talks kingdom, guys, you get, you get hope and you get healing and you get provision and you get joy and you get patience and you get peace. And when you're frustrated, you get a calming spirit of God. See, when he teaches kingdom, he's, under, he's trying to get us to understand when we get the king, we get the kingdom. And with the kingdom comes everything pertaining to life and godliness. Whoa, so Jesus brings this out and he's wanting us to understand it's super important that when the king comes, so does the kingdom, right? Matter of fact, in Isaiah, I didn't share this in, in uh, uh, Stockton's first service or, um, or Bolivar, but it's a cool thing. In Isaiah chapter 6, we see this uh, picture of Isaiah. He's weeping before the Lord. He's crying out to God. And he's saying, woe is me, I'm undone. Man, I was, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And the train of his robe filled the temple. You know what the train was? The train would have been like his robe, right? The train of his robe, you know, like a wedding dress, the train that flows behind. So the train, when the king went to battle, if he went to battle he, and he won, if he conquered, if, if, if I went to battle against uh, Pastor Tim and my kingdom conquered his kingdom, what would happen is I would cut his robe, a piece of his robe, and I would sew it to my train. So that everywhere I went, they were like, oh, his kingdom beat that kingdom. So when Isaiah is crying out to the Lord, saying, I saw the Lord and the train of his robe filled the temple, he was saying, oh God, because see, I thought, I thought frustration was going to rule my life, but I see he conquered frustration. I thought cancer was going to take me out, but I saw he conquered cancer. I thought, I thought arthritis was going to debilitate me, but I saw on the train of his robe arthritis and realized he already, I feel like preaching somebody, he already paid the price for me to no longer be bound by arthritis. I thought depression was going to keep me from being the husband or the father or the mom or the wife that I was supposed to be. But then I realized he's already defeated depression. It's amazing. Isaiah said, everything I thought I could face that could beat me, the king already whipped. The train of his robe filled. My God, somebody, that ought, man, that, 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 ought, that ought to make you shout, y'all. That's what he said. When the king comes, so does the kingdom. That's our prayer in 2020, kingdom come. Because in the kingdom, guys, there is no lack without provision following it. Right? There is no want without contentment saying, trust me, I got what's best for you. There is no disappointment without comfort saying, it's okay. 
The sorrow may last for the night. Joy. Come on, somebody. Comes in the morning. There's no confusion without direction getting in the driver's seat of your life and saying, let me show you where to go. Amen. There is no conflict without the God of all peace crushing Satan underneath your feet. Kingdom come. In Mark chapter 1, we see this. Jesus inaugurates the kingdom coming to earth. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. There, Matthew, heaven. Mark says kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Wow. He's saying, he's saying, guys, the time you're seeing, Bill Johnson says it's not love it. And so I stole it, but he says this and I still love it. He says, listen, Jesus is not a good example. He's the blueprint. If I want someone to build me a house, I don't say, yeah, I, I, you know, I want the wall. I want the ceiling. Oh, nine or so feet. Like they want a blueprint so that when the house is done, it looks exactly, come on somebody, like it was supposed to. But what happens is we're just trying to use him as an example. And then it's not the way we, we, our life doesn't look the way we hoped it looked. And then we're unsatisfied with the result. Come on somebody. But when you use the blueprint... When you use the blueprint, even though there are things that happen as you're building the house that you weren't ready for, but it's okay because the blueprint takes authority. Am I talking to anybody? Well, when you can't get quite deep enough, it's okay because the blueprint shows you how to, where to, how to fix things and how to do it. Am I right, somebody? Jesus was the blueprint, and he says, repent and believe in the gospel. Uh, repent means to turn around, to change your mind, to quit your way of thinking. And 100% he's talking about sin, but more, even as much as that, he's saying, listen, you've bought into a way of thinking that is anti-kingdom. You've bought into a lie that society has told you would bring you whatever you think you need, right? You've bought into a lie that says, uh, uh, here's my problem and here's the result of that problem. He says the kingdom is at, uh, the kingdom of heaven or God is at hand. Repent and change your mind and believe what the word says regardless of what you see. Come on. That's what it says, Right? That, that's the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? Change your mind. Understand that, that if we're in the kingdom, guys, we get to order off of another menu. Meaning like, like you ever go to some of them restaurants and they have a hidden menu? You ever been to that place? It's so cool because they have stuff that's not on the menu. You can be like, I want, it says fry, French fries. And you're like, can I get chili on them fries? They're like, oh yeah, no problem. And now you got chili cheese fries. That's right. That's right. See, what happens is you have an appetite for something that you don't recognize on the, on the board, right? And you're going, man, all these things are fine, but I have an appetite for something else. Then you realize in the kingdom of God, you have access to something that is unseen. So when trials come and what I, what I see is great, now I have to be discouraged until this trial ends. But because we live a kingdom life, because the kingdom of God has come to earth, right? I get to go, wait a minute. I see the trial. I see the storm, but I'm going to order off of a menu that's unseen called faith. And in the midst of the storm, I'm going to order faith that causes me to walk on top of the water. Come on, somebody. I'm going to order, I'm going to order some comfort that when it's raging I can sleep in the hole of the boat and when everyone else is scared they're watching me snoozing come on somebody he says you get to order off of a menu that is unseen to the rest of the world not because of who you are but because of who you have access to I loved when I was I was selling for a company and I would I sold to some restaurants and, and I would go in I'm like hey will you make me a burger 
you know, and this dude would make me like a four patty, like three pieces of bacon on every patty burger. I couldn't finish it. Not and live. <laughs> it wasn't on the menu. But I had access to the chef. Come on, somebody. You know what? In the midst of a trial, peace isn't on the menu. But I got access to the chef. Right? Jesus inaugurates the kingdom. And he's like, you're going to get access to stuff that you weren't even aware was on the menu. My God. Let's go to Matthew 10. Let's look at what it says. And proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Same thing. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's saying preach and share and live out the king's dominion in your life. He says you're a representative of the king. This is a deep thought. If you're a representative of something, you have to represent that thing that you're a representative of. <laughs> Was that confusing? That's as clear as I can make it. That's right, the blueprint. <laughs> it's the truth. If, if, if I'm going to be, um, if, if I was going to sell a product, I know I should believe in that product. I had a, a job and I was, work, I was working in sales and they wanted me to take over this account that no one wanted. And they were like, you know, Bo, I was 21, I think. And they said, you know, man, if you take this account over, like this would look really good for, for you to, for like fast track to management. Like this would be a good thing for you, for your future. I was like, yeah, I don't want the account. They're like, I'm serious. Like, we're not going to make you take it. But I'm telling you, if you want to be a manager, if you want to do the district manager, if you want to do what we're doing, um, I, you know, you need, to, you, need to take this, like, you need to take this account. I said, I don't want to be a sales manager. And they said, you don't? I said, you hate your life. You hate your job. He's like, no, I don't. I was like, you fooled all of us. <laughs> right? Because he was always griping about what he had to do. So I'm going, I don't want that. But that's what happens in the Christian walk. We're griping about how awful our life is. Amen? Amen. We're griping about how hurt we are by situations and people. We're griping. We're, we're, we're saying, oh, my life is so miserable I, on Facebook. And so we're griping about everything. And then we're like, man, you should, you should come to church and, and meet Jesus. And they're like, I'm just going to stick in the bar because I, I know it's not fulfilling, but at least I ain't playing. At least I ain't pretending. Now I'm going to stick in this because, because you don't really like what you, you don't, you're not happy. And, and, and I see what you, I hear what you're saying, but your life is, is, is describing a, an entirely different uh, thing that, that your mouth is saying. And so as much as I hear you, I see you and I don't want to live what I see you living. We're like, man, being a Christian is the best thing that ever happened to me. God's so good. I got peace through everything. And they're like, okay. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Amen? Amen? You're a representative of the king. Like when you go out in your life, you need to understand you're repping the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Right? We were driving the other day, my wife and I, and this guy, um, I, we talk about those guys that drive cars that are demons only to tempt you. Come on, somebody. I was driving. We were on a date. Come on, somebody. We are on a date in the minivan, Toyota Sienna SE. Come on, somebody. It was a hot date. Hot date. <laughs> it, it got me the date and got me to the date. Come on, somebody. I'm driving that minivan, and this truck pulls out. Right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to hit me. So I, I slow down, and the dude's pulling like a 24-foot trailer. So I thought, he needs to be aware that I'm here. 
So I took my hand, I extended my arm, and I put it right in the middle part of the steering column. And it out protruded a noise that let everyone in the region know that I was right there. And I, I, I kept it for a, for a few minutes and letting him know that I was right there beside him. He needed to be aware. I didn't want him. I, I was worried, guys, that he didn't see me. And, and maybe he was completely blind and trying to drive. I don't know. But I, I was behind him and I wanted him to know. And then I got beside him and I wanted him to be aware that I was there. And he goes, stop it. That dude could have a gun. He could kill us. I was like, so do I. But okay. That's what y'all, that's why I never we bought we got decals one year that said Pastor you want decal. I said, no. I don't want decal because I'm a, I'm trying to be saved by some of these road rage demons. I'll put another church decal on my truck. I ain't putting mine. Y'all know what I'm saying. I'm just saying what all the men are thinking right now. They're like, yep. <laughs> I was trying to take a picture of his company. Megan's like, put your phone down and leave it alone. Just leave it alone. What, what good are you going to do? I said, I'm going to gratify my flesh. <laughs> right? I didn't know where I was going with that story. <laughs> it was a funny one. Representative. You are a representative of the king of kings and the Lord of lords, y'all. And, and as much as that felt good, it really wasn't good. Right? I mean, letting someone know you're there, that might save your life. But to stay on it the entire way down the freeway is unnecessary. Not saying it was right. I didn't ask him to pull over. I was good. But I shouldn't have made him so aware. <laughs> Here's the reality. We don't just get to talk about the kingdom of heaven is here. We have to live it. Right? We get that secret menu, and we have to understand that we are not bound by our circumstance, but rather we are delivered by faith. We are not bound by our circumstance, but we are delivered by faith. And it goes on in verse 8 to demonstrate what the kingdom looks like. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons. You receive without pain, give without pain. Hey, now this is so cool, guys. This is so amazing. Because A, this is talking uh, very literally. We are called to pray for those that are sick, just like we did today, and expect healing. Because the price that was paid, and the, the, he talks about in Isaiah uh, 53, he was bruised for our transgressions. Amen, somebody? That was, he wrote it, Isaiah wrote that in past tense. Meaning the word says, before the foundations of the world, the lamb was slain for our sin. Come on, somebody. He took stripes on your back, on his back for your healing. Before the foundations of the world, a plan was set for us to not have to live life horrible here. Amen? Amen. That's the reality. Like, like we are to pray for those that are sick and, and we are to, to, to cleanse the leper. And we, we don't have a lot of lepers in our, to, our day, but it, for us, it's being willing to reach and touch those that no one wants to reach and touch. It, it's, it's to cast out demons. And guys, that's a very real thing. That's a very real thing, right? He says you're to, to, to raise, to cleanse, and to cast and to heal. That's what, that's what the kingdom does. And he goes on to say, freely you receive, so freely give. The kingdom of heaven is not about what can flow through you. Or I'm sorry, the kingdom of heaven, I said that wrong. The kingdom of heaven is all about what can flow through you versus what you can hold on to. But that's what we do. 
We, we go, man, I've been really struggling, and I may need some peace, so I'm going to put that peace, and I'm going to hold it, and I'm going to keep it, because you never know when I'm going to need that peace, or I'm going to need that hope, or I may need that encouragement, and I'm going to put it so in the trunk, so I always got it, and, and then when I need it, it'll be there. I tried that one time. I was in sales uh, at, a, at a gas station, um, selling to the gas station, and they had, I like Pepsi, and I'm not trying to do diet stuff, but uh, diet, all that, you know, come on somebody, and, uh, and Reese's, that was my thing, Pepsi and Reese's, I loved it. Pepsi's going to be heaven's drink. Blue, royalty. I ain't saying where Coke's going to be, but red, flames. I ain't saying nothing. Just kidding. I so so uh, this guy, the, the manager of the, the, the place goes, hey, listen, we have Pepsi, and we have a deal for Pepsi, 20-ounce Pepsi and a Reese's. Buy one, get the other free. I went, glory to God, I'm in the right place at the right time. Thank you, Lord. And he says, but that's not all. With a coupon, we can like quadruple the coupons. I said, say that again. He said, we can quadruple. I said, how much is it? He said, you can buy like a, a, a 20 ounce Pepsi for like eight or 12 cents. And I went, I will take every one that you have in the store. He went, okay. I went, seriously? He's like, yeah, there's no limit. I said, load them all up. <laughs> What's the deal on the Reese's? He said, eight or 12 cents or whatever, six cents. I went, I will take all of them. <laughs> they will be my precious. They will sustain me through many hard times. I put them all in my house. I put them in the fridge, and I put them in the freezer. Have you ever had, like, iced Pepsi? Not iced cold Pepsi, but Pepsi that has, like, ice chunks in it? That kind of tastes like a slushy? Glory to God. I, you know what happened? The Bible says that Jesus did miracles they couldn't talk about. That was one of them. <laughs> they sit in there, campfire going. It's burning. It's hot. It's in the desert, you know? And he said, hold up. Try this. And Bartholomew went, glory to you. What is this? I can't tell you. <laughs> it's going to be in heaven. <laughs> so that was my goal. I put the Pepsis in the freezer. Put the Pepsis in the fridge. I'm drinking. I'm not dumb, though, so I ain't going to drink them all at once. I can't do that because then I'll be out of precious Pepsi. Right? And radical Reese's. And so I, I'm, I'm, I put them in the freezer and I drink them. And we, we're living life. And I'm drinking them when I'm thirsty. And I go to the freezer and I take one out and I put it in the fridge. The process has begun. It's frozen. It's going to melt just a little bit. It's going to be great. So I put it in the fridge. I go in a few hours later. I pull that Pepsi out, and I twist the top, and guess what I heard? Nothing. I heard a thing. Why? Because, see, I put it in the freezer a while ago, and whenever I was ready to have access to that sweet nectar of heaven, it had gone stale or flat. So, so it is with the kingdom of God. When you're trying to hoard it for future time, come on somebody. When you're trying to hoard that peace for future, when you're trying to hoard that grace for future times and you reach into your, your, the fridge of your life and you twist the top and nothing happens. Why? Because you held on to something that was suppo supposed to flow through you and it's gone stale in your very fridge. Come on somebody. You allowed it to go stale or flat on you because you were never meant to keep it but you were meant to freely give it. I feel like preaching. I feel like shouting somebody. Grace. Freely you have received grace. Y'all are messed up and so am I. And freely God said, I am going to lavish oceans of grace on your messed up existence so that I can have a relationship with you for all eternity. Lavishly, guys. He poured oceans of grace on you. But when we get hurt, we're like, all right, there's the grace for you. 
you giving them like a communion cup of grace. And God's going, wait a minute. If you can't forgive, you're tying my hands to forgive you. I poured oceans of grace on you and you got it freely. You got it freely. Don't hold on to something you're supposed to let go of. The, 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 the kingdom of God, y'all, is a river. And if you're going to mature in your walk, the kingdom is not about what you get. But rather, what do you have inside of you that you can give? That's what the kingdom of heaven is about. What has he put inside? What can he get through you? Because if he can get it through you, he can get it to you. And not only that, but encouragement. Be an encourager. Right? Nobody wants to be around a Debbie Downer. Be an encourager. If you're Debbie, I'm sorry. <laughs> Nobody wants to be around a person that complains all the time. Like, seriously, you know that person? They walk in the room and you're like, oh. You see them at Walmart and you're like, I hope they don't see me. I hope they... Hey, how are you? Yeah, your life's terrible. I'm aware. <laughs> right? Like, nobody wants to be around that person. Why? Because they're he says, be an encourager. Notice people's new shoes or new haircut or new hat or new car. And even if you don't like their shoes, tell them, man, those new shoes look nice on you. I'm not telling you to lie. I'm telling you to be an encourager. Right? Matter of fact, in Romans, it says that we get to be competitive in the kingdom of God. In one area, honor. He says, outdo each other showing honor. Listen, also, in the kingdom of God, you can be a problem solver. We have a, in our culture, we have a whole lot of problem pointers. But if you're a problem pointer, if you're pointing out problems without being, without being willing to be part of the solution, there's a Hebrew word. There's a few Hebrew words for that. You ready? Dumb. <laughs> Annoying. Aggravating. <laughs> Be a problem solver, right? Be part of the solution, right? Freely you have received, freely give. God is saying in this city, he says, listen, I gave you everything. I gave them everything. And they failed. <laughs> trying to hold it. Trying to keep it. I gave them everything. Let it out. I feel like that movie, let it flow, let it flow. I can't hold it back any, anybody? I hear my dad singing that all the time. That's been the worst part about the heart attack. He can't spin and do periods anymore. That may not be true. <laughs> Let it flow through you, y'all. Quit trying to hoard the things that God is trying to get through you. Amen. In verse he goes on to say, don't worry about money and all that stuff. Listen, you need provision. But, but the truth is, uh, obedient, uh, blessing hinges on obedience. So we sit back and we say, okay, when I get, I'm bad about this. I go, okay, and when I get everything that I want, then I'll do this. And God's going, but what do you have? And I said, it don't matter. It's not enough. And he goes, but what do you have? And I'm like, it don't matter. What I need is this. And he goes, no, 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 no. What you want is that. But what you need already, come on, somebody, already, I, I've already put it in you. He told the widow that she said, I have nothing except for a little oil and a little flour to make a cake. And the prophet said, that's right. You, don't, you may not have a cake, but you have the ingredients. The Lord is speaking to you today and he's saying you may not have what you think you want but already you have what you need and it may not be a finished product but the ingredients are in your house that's what he's saying that's what he's saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand right that's what he's saying he's saying listen don't worry about all this stuff follow my voice follow my voice and yes you need to test it and yes you need to count cost but follow my voice above all else right 
Jesus in verse 11. He says, don't bounce around from house to house or church to church or ministry to ministry. Find out where God has you to be and stay there. Don't go looking for whatever's going to make you happy next. Find out where God has you to be and be there. So he says, in that house, be there. The band can start to come up. He says in verse 12 and 13, I'm trying to move through this. He says, let your peace as you enter the house, greet it. Verse 13. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. Whoa. Let your peace. What is peace? Peace is the atmosphere of heaven. What is atmosphere? Oxygen, right? Carbon dioxide. It's, what, it's, what, it's our breathing process a lot of the time. So God is speaking here. Jesus is speaking here. He said, let the peace that's in you. Wait, what, where's the peace come from? The kingdom of God. So the atmosphere of heaven is peace. Only the thing is, it's not what God breathes in. It's what God breathes out. So every time he exhales into your situation, he's exhaling peace when there should be confrontation. He's exhaling peace when there should be turmoil. Right? When you have a face-to-face relationship with God, a personal relationship with the creator of the universe, every time he breathes out, he's giving you what you need season or the day or the trial or the trouble this atmosphere of heaven is so crazy y'all because it's we have total access to it remember we have a hidden menu and it's wild y'all because i walked into this restaurant one time have you ever walked into places and immediately like your stomach starts to turn and it's not because you had the chili because you ain't ate yet anybody know what i'm talking about you're going why do i feel so weird all of a sudden what did i eat last night what why do i most of the time a lot of times that's the holy ghost that's in you and he's trying to make you aware of something that you need to be aware of. He's trying to make you aware that someone might have a need. Or he's trying to make you, he's, you're discerning something that you really don't fully understand in your, in your mind. But in your, your spirit man is going, there's something not right. I walked into this restaurant. It was a nice restaurant. It was kind of fancy. I walked in. And immediately when I walked in, my stomach, and my, I started feeling that anxiety. And I, it was a good day. It wasn't like I had a stressful day. But all this anxiety and all this stuff was going on in my heart. And I was like, God, I don't like this. We sat down at our table. And I was sitting there thinking, I, I got to get out of here. I don't like what I feel. I don't like what's going on in my heart. I want to leave. I want to. Outside, I'm like, I'm a representative of the kingdom. Inside, I'm turmoil. And I said, you guys, I need to wash my hands. So I went to the bathroom and I was washing my hands. I looked up in the mirror. I felt the anxiety. I felt all that stuff going on. And I heard the voice of the Lord say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I literally looked back and dried my hands off like a man. Oh, y'all know what I'm saying. I hate waiting for the air dryer. It takes forever. Anyhow, I dried my hands up, and I thought to myself, if greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, I, t- I prayed the Spirit for a quick second. I breathed in the peace of God. I breathed in the peace of God, and I walked out of that restaurant, walked out of that restroom, understanding that I carry the light of the King of Kings. And if the light steps into the room, the darkness can't stay no more. And when the light walks into the room, depression can't stay, confusion can't stay, anxiety can't stay. So I'm learning in my life that if I'm good, I, that God has put something on the inside of me to release to the entire world, and that thing is called peace. jokes to the owner. He didn't think they were funny, but that's okay. Ask me later, I'll tell you what I said. Breathe it in. 
access to the kingdom of God. You just feel his peace right now. He goes on to say something in verse 14. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your work, shake the dust off your feet from when you leave that house. Some of us have had a hard year in 2019. Some of us have had a lot of confrontation. And some of y'all have some people problems in 2019. Some haters. Eating hater chips and hater tots, drinking hater aid. Y'all know who I'm talking about. I ain't thinking of nobody, but y'all know you all got that person in your life, right? Here's the thing. It's okay. But quit carrying it. Some people have told you things that have downgraded you, and you've allowed those things that they mean, things they said to you, to change your outlook on life and change your the way you viewed yourself and the way you viewed God can use you. And today, God is saying, shake it off. For some of us in 2019, we dealt with family loss. He's saying, shake it off. It's a new season in 2020. And the king is coming into your world. And when the king comes, so does the kingdom. Shake it off. Some of us dealt with financial loss. Shake it off. Some of us have dealt with hurt. Shake it off. Some of us have dealt with confusion or rejection or, or feeling neglected or feeling. Some of us feel like we failed. Shake it off. Shake it off. 2019 is done. And we are stepping into 2020. What did it say? The dust off your feet. He says there's no, not even the remnants of the things that tried to hold me back in 2019. Get to go with me into the next season of the kingdom of God. So the depression can't come. Hurt can't come. Unforgiveness can't come. I'm shaking it off. I'm shaking it off. Aggravation, I'm shaking it off. Rejection, I'm shaking it off. And I am going to walk into this new season that God has called me to walk into. I'm going to carry everything he's called me to carry. I am going to be who he's called me to be. And I am going to do all the things he's called me to do. Because I am shaking everything off. And I'm going to walk into the fullness the one that empowers us to be that person.